Hey, welcome to Get to Know an Average Joe. Because sometimes when you stop to ask a few questions, you learn incredible things about people. I hoped that as we grew older, that as adult women, we would hopefully become friends and be able to talk about some of our childhood challenges. I'm your host, Dodie Axelson. Reach me at DodieX on Twitter and let me know what you think of these conversations. Let's get to know an average Joe. We're about to spend a few minutes with my sister. And let me tell you, after this conversation, I was reminded never to take for granted how well you think you know family. I'm grateful Darcy agreed to sit in front of the microphone with me, and I hope you'll enjoy getting to know just a little bit about her. Hello, my name is Darcelle, and I'm visiting Mexico City, and very glad to be here. So let's cover some of the major times in your life when you made big decisions that were, you know, perhaps 90-degree turns or perhaps 180-degree turns. When I was... 15, I made the decision to live with our dad and our stepmom. Because our parents divorced. I was nine when dad left, so you were 10. Yes, yes. And so... Firmly firmly establishing that you're older. (laughs) I take the fifth on that. (laughs) And um, relocated myself from Seattle to Andover, Kansas, which was a huge life-changing event for me. Uh, Then I moved from Andover, Kansas to Atlanta, Georgia with our father and our stepmother and have stayed in Georgia ever since. So those are some pretty big life-changing events. Then our dad and stepmom moved to California. You stayed in Georgia. Tell me about the big events in your life uh, once you'd stayed in Georgia, basically by yourself. Absolutely. I was a junior in my undergraduate studies and wanted to finish school. And I also got married when they left for California. They ended up moving back to Georgia several years later in and in that time I was divorced and happy to have them back. So I stayed in Georgia. I I finished my graduate studies. So super, super proud of that as I did that on my own without family being in the area. So I have a great circle of friends and support in Georgia. So I find it home for me now. And you're a mom, you have an eight-year-old son, and what do you do for a living? I am a technical software training manager. I manage the programs for smaller company now, and I have worked for the big companies, and both has its benefits and opportunities. I am most proud to be a mom, as you said, of an eight-year-old, beautiful, smart little boy, and looking forward to our future challenges. His dad and I, are, we, we cohabitate. So... I mean, you live in sin. We do live in sin. I, I will. I cannot deny that. <laughs> like me, I guess it runs in the family. <laughs> yes, yes, because we're the strong ones. <laughs> so then those are the nuts and bolts, and that's all well and fine. But what goes through your head when I say the word estrangement? Several memories. Um, I don't think estrangement can be one instance. I think, um, unfortunately, 
when it's when estrangement occurs it's it's not always for the right reasons and so in short neither you nor i uh, speaks to our mother and to our two older sisters just to clue in the audience about why i asked about estrangement so during your youth there was one kind of estrangement uh, from the family, and during your adulthood, there's another kind. So that's what I'm curious about, is what goes through your head uh, with the different types of situations that that word can describe? I haven't really thought about estrangement from my own childhood. Um, while I can see there was estrangement, I think as an adult, I chose to perhaps not acknowledge that there was estrangement in my childhood. When you moved away, when you moved away from Seattle the first time. Yes. So I did not define that as estrangement. I defined it as a choice of life or death for me. And so I made the choice to leave, which absolutely caused estrangement at that point with, if you recall you as well, Mm -hmm. and our two older sisters and our mother Mm -hmm. over the years. I'm so grateful that I made that decision. And I hoped that as we grew older, that as adult women, we would hopefully become friends and be able to talk about some of our childhood challenges. So let's talk about you at 15. Why was it a life or death question? So the way that I was was raised was, in my opinion, very different from the the three of you. So Daylene had her nose in books. Doreen uh, was busy um, with her social life. And you had ballet. And I didn't really have a hobby. And so I think because I was available, I was uh, critiqued uh, ad nauseum for the slightest things. And my self-esteem was not supported um, in any way. So it was a pretty easy choice, um, to go live with our dad. But let's talk about our mother a little bit. And even though I called it estrangement, uh, you've had a tentative, constant communication with her in some form, Mm -hmm. uh, until last year when our dad died. And then the estrangement became quite marked. How do you feel about our mother? So I accept her for who she is. I I love her because she is our mother. But for me, my priority is to raise my child in a healthy, positive environment. And I don't speak to her often. Um, but when I do speak to her, it's for me, it's very draining because um, I hear a lot of unhappiness in her and it makes me sad for her and I have to work to not let that internalize to keep myself happy for my son and you do much better than I do I'll just admit that I I I don't I don't even try and when some people understand that I don't have a relationship I don't have an active relationship with mother they're like oh that's too bad what kind of reactions do you get I don't um I don't always share that I don't have an uh, in-depth relationship with our mother. Many of my friends and their mothers are their best friend. I never had that, so I don't know what it is to have that. So I don't miss that because I never had it. Mm -hmm. 
I guess I just find it interesting that most people assume that a good daughter sticks with her mother no matter what. And I, I, I resist that and, and think actually every person in your life is in your life because you choose to allow that person in your life. How do you feel about that? So I agree. And I think people in your life will come and go. And I think people in your life, when they're a part of your life, they're there for a reason. Maybe it's for you to help them. Maybe it's for them to help you. And then maybe they're out of your life for a while. And I don't think, I've never felt that blood is thicker than water. I have had my friends be so much more supportive of me than my own blood sisters. Mm -hmm. I've had my friends be so much less judgmental than my own sisters. Tell me about a person who's been formative in your life. When I first moved to Georgia, I worked for a daycare center, and um, she was the director of the daycare center, and I will remember her my entire life. What was her name? Her name was Barbara Jo, and um, we got very close, and I was, I'm, I've always been a very hard worker, which she appreciated. Um, she was quite a few years older and she helped me a lot with accepting, uh, and being able to accept different people. When I was interviewing for another job several years later, she was always a reference to me. And my interviewer suggested that I call her because she had passed away and I had, I didn't know that, but she's one of those angels that periodically I, say hello, you know, up in the sky. And, um, she was, she had a lot of impact when I was leaving, uh, our mother's house, this person, Sue, Mm -hmm. I, I took care of her two boys and she let me stay with her during that transition. She taught me when you go down the street, say hello. It doesn't matter if you recognize them, just say hello. Mm -hmm. And little things like that make a big difference. They do, just acknowledging your fellow human being and spreading joy. Yes, exactly. So that's wonderful. I think that's, I think that's so important to find people who make you a better person, who help shape you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a number of teachers in my life who've been like that as well mm-hmm. and remember them with all sorts of admiration. How are you paying it forward then? What, who are you mentoring? Are you, is there somebody in your life that you're helping it's a really lovely question, and there are there are so many people that have come into my life since I've become a homeowner, and I've opened my home to interns, international interns, partly so that my son can have some culture experience, cultural experience, and partly so that for my own growth, but also so that I can help them and make a difference. There are uh, perhaps four that have become part of our family. And I have one who's going to come back in April and visit. And we call him Aiden's brother. And I feel like I'm making such a difference to them. He proposed to his girlfriend and his girlfriend also visited us. And when he proposed, he put pictures of their experiences together. And there was, he said he had a whole section of their experience while they stayed with us. And it's so meaningful. I have a renter who lives with me now who wrote me the most gorgeous Christmas card. Uh, she recently went through a divorce, and she was an in-home nanny, and the her employer told her she had a weekend to move out, and she didn't know where she was going to go. And it was 
truly divine intervention because we needed a renter and she found us and I think we're making a difference for her because we're a family to her. She knows that we're, we're in this together and while she helps us in certain ways, we're helping her. Mutually beneficial. What are the ingredients for your favorite day? A vacation day is a fabulous day for me. Um, sleeping in a little bit is so wonderful to me. I'm a night owl, so I can stay up all night long. I like to get up uh, when I want to get up and not by a screaming kid or barking dogs. Um, or an alarm clock. Or an alarm clock. <laughs> not that I hear it, but <laughs> let's say hypothetically, <laughs> it wouldn't be my first choice. Probably, honestly, would take a long bubble bath at noon because I can and it would be quiet and it would be peaceful and then probably around dinner time I would need Aiden who's my son or Pete to come in and be with me so there's I the older I get the more time I need alone as well as the more time I need to be with my own family thank you for your candor on uh, on the topic of estrangement and about our family and a little bit about you and me um, let's just drift back to maybe one of your favorite memories. Um, one of the memories that you've been sharing with my sons and with your son about us as little girls together. Yes. Um, well, there's two that are my favorite memories. And, uh, as you recall, when we were little, we would have spend the night parties. And because I was a night owl, I would talk constantly to you. And at one point you were asleep and I said, Dodi, Dodi. Toady, wake up. And you said, oh, I thought you were talking to the bushes. And it's so funny. So I've shared that with your sons and the other. I've always been a sleep talker. You were a night owl and I just always talked in my sleep. (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) My other so favorite memory is that when we were in our own rooms, we used to talk to each other through the heater through the floor. So I think you and I have always had a unique people. I think thought we were twins when we were growing up. So it's, it's a super special bond. It helped a lot that our mother put us in, in dresses. Exactly. She put us in lessons together and also matching clothes, even with our oldest sisters as well. Final question is if you are to um, encounter another crossroads in your life in the near future, what is that crossroads and how are you prepared to make a decision about it. I feel like my next crossroads will be marriage. Marriage has always been a hesitation for me because of the, um, can I say, deep violence of our parents' divorce. Pete and I have talked about it. It really bothers Aiden, our child, that we're not married. But I'm not sure I'm ready. Um, for me, marriage is just a, a very permanent. A minefield, maybe? <laughs> and a minefield. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've not witnessed good marriages in our, in our lives around our sisters, around our mother and father. I mean, and it's very expensive. I mean, and if I, I don't have the money to pay for a second divorce because now I have a child. <laughs> well, good luck with that crossroads. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Darcy's and part of my own story. Our next guest, he is a landscape architect turned masseuse, Mark Basil. 
every cemetery in whatever landscape or, or an environment it might be in, whether it be tropical or whether it be woods where it, it freezes in the winter, every cemetery has its own um, characteristics that make it very unique. And then, and then you layer on top of that the culture, um, which, which here in Mexico is, is fascinating with the Day of the Dead and, and all of the history and, and, the, and the culture that is related to that. I hope you'll join me for another edition of Get to Know an Average Joe. And now, if you'll excuse me.